Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Chocolate Quinnell and I am joined by Luke Owen, not Randy Andy Datsun today. We've got, we're bringing in the big boys. We've got Luke today. Hey Luke. <laughs> hello, hello Swap Nation and a hello to you Pete Quinnell. How the devil are you? I'm alright mate. I'm really tired but I'm good. <laughs> yeah Luke, you're a hungover boy today. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, kind of am. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I met, met up with friends yesterday. We didn't go. <gasps> we, we did. We didn't go out. We went to someone's house, which you know is better uh, because we realized that it might be the last time we see each other for a little while, which was kind of sad. But it was nice. It was a really fun night. Uh, so yeah, had really good fun. And in fact, we'll, I'll little tease for the outro uh we played a game it was really good Ooh. so oh, well, that's a little tease for the outro uh, but let's get into talking about smackdown where we're going to be talking about how goldberg and roman reigns is not working here's the show this show as a whole felt like the first proper show that they've put on last week's smackdown was very much it's triple h having bants uh with michael cole and we're gonna tell him to get hype and stuff whereas this one felt like a proper empty arena show an actual regular episode of smackdown but in front of no fans uh they still reference the crowd once or twice but even with the no fans there was a great comment that luke made to me before we just went live was that even with no fans Goldberg versus Roman Reigns still has no heat. How yeah, is that man. even possible? I don't know, dude. But like, yeah, it's because the reason why I, I felt like it had no heat, you know, even with no fans there, because Otis, when he freaked out during the tag match with Miz and Morrison, that felt like it had heat. Like when he was going off against Dolph and like he was wailing on Miz and Morrison with chairs, that felt like it had heat. 
when Sasha smiled at Bailey, like when she realized she got into the, the the women's championship match, and she had that little smile across her face, and then Bailey walked across, oh sad, and Banks just had this little, you know, she smiled. I was like, okay, that feels like it's got heat. Brian and Sane feels like it has heat, but. <laughs> I know there's no reactions to Goldberg and Reigns coming out because there's no fans there, but it felt so flat. Like it just felt like these were two lads just went out there and just went blah blah blah, big dog, yada yada yada, legend, doody doody do, Undertaker, Lesnar, I've beaten them all, doom ba doo ba doo, I'm gonna beat you, and <laughs> it just felt like it was a like nothing, and it's yeah. just it's a feud that has zero heat yeah it it does not make sense these two feel like they have zero chemistry together and when because the segment itself was a contract signing between reigns and goldberg for the universal championship match at wrestlemania that is too big for one night (laughs) which they were sure to tell you 17 different times in the show um it came out with Michael Cole standing in the ring saying the wwe universe never saw this match coming in a million years sure Yeah, Whatever you say, cool. buddy. <laughs> um, but then, uh, yeah, he brings out Roman Reigns and Goldberg to, you know, obviously zero reaction, there's no fans. But like you said, it just felt really flat. There's something weird about it. Goldberg says that he hoped that uh, Reigns answered his, his challenge, but didn't know he had the balls. Ooh, yeah. that's, a, that's a low shot from Goldberg. But then, and that's it, man. It, it just felt so weird because then afterwards, Reigns, they... they Show a tweet from Reigns in, in, in January because he uses the little piece of fabric on the floor when he does his punch yeah. on the on the stage. And he said, oh, headbutting doors would be stupid. For some, Why is Goldberg headbutting a door the crux of this feud? I don't get it. Because then Goldberg was saying, I've been destroying steel doors across the world with that headbutt. What? what? And that's it. And I think as well, funnily enough, that whole thing about the pad... I'm pretty sure that was started by Sam at Cultaholic because <laughs> someone tweeted him asking what the pad is because there were, and then it became this thing where like mm-hmm. people were saying, no, 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 it's, it's to set off the pyro. That's what it, it's there for. And Sam was like, no, 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 it's just like a little protective pad. It's so it's not punching pad. the floor. Yeah. And then Roman eventually, you know, tweeted out, no, it's a protective pad mm-hmm. because I don't want to be punching the floor every single night. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy how Sam from Cultaholic is a crux of this feud. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so we've got Sam to blame for this entire feud. Good. Everyone go tweet okay. Sam Driver. <laughs> yes, we're all aware. Less defined on Twitter. Go tweet him. Sam is at fault here. <laughs> um, yeah, and then it's just like, as you say, Rain signs the contract. Goldberg says something about lockers. He signs the contract, flips the table over, and they go nose to nose. And that was it. It was actually quite, even with a crowd, this would have felt pretty boring. Absolutely. Yeah. It was made worse by the fact that there wasn't a crowd there. Now, that's not their fault. Like the fact that there's no crowd there is not their fault, you know. But I don't think they're being given good material to work with either. No. So, and it, it really does stem from the fact that. A, this is a match that I don't think people particularly want to see because mm-hmm. no one really wanted Goldberg to be the, the champion. But B, and I think more importantly, there's there's no story going into this because Goldberg just came out and said, who's next? And Roman went, me. And that's how we've got this match. Like There was no mm-hmm. fire to go into it. There's yeah. just, they're trying to start a fire, 
but they have no kindling. They have no they have no wood. They have no matches. They don't even have dry ground. Like they have got <laughs> nothing that they need to start a fire here. They've literally got some water and just gone. How do how do we light this? <laughs> you know, the only thing yeah because this it is wet so you're right the only thing this feud has is water yeah exactly i, I think yeah it, it's like you said the the crux of this feud i think what they're building this feud off is the assumption that everyone wants to see this match and the assumption that everyone's gonna go whoa roman reigns goldberg what a moment these two together and it's no one cares no one cares about it yeah it, it's 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 quite bad honestly to watch him come out and just be like oh what Roman Reigns answering Goldberg. What a moment that was. It was yeah, like, totally. It wasn't a moment. No one wanted to see Roman Reigns come out. Everyone was booing Goldberg before. And now we've got a universal championship match between the two. Spear versus Spear, which no one wanted to see. And the thing is, I think this match would have been fine if it wasn't for the title. Oh, but, yeah. Because, yeah. but because Goldberg beat The Fiend, everyone kind of went, mm. and then now you've thrown in Roman Reigns and everyone has gone, uh, even more yeah. but I think if, if The Fiend had beaten Goldberg kept the title that was against Cena at Wrestlemania for the title and then you had Roman uh, Goldberg comes out on the next Smackdown being like I'm angry The Fiend beat me Grr. and then Roman Reigns came out and said you know uh, you what came you here about? Yeah, what, what are you crying about you come here as a part time you get a universal championship match straight away and you don't win that's yeah. your fault Absolutely. Why you like that that is something that could legitimately hook people in rather than just going i'm next because that that, that, yeah. that does nothing that does nothing for any feud i yeah uh, it's not working it's not connecting on any front no i agree and it's a shame as well that we've had to start off with on such a negative note because as you kind of said at the start of the show i do think this is I think this is the best empty arena show that WWE have done thus far. Like in the sort Correct. of like this week span, I feel like they've figured it out now. I feel mm -hmm. like this was just, I mean, there was only two matches, but they've announced three matches for next week. And it, it really does feel like they've worked it out. And mm -hmm. it's, this didn't, you know, granted a lot of the show was taken up by the, the replay of Cena versus White from Mania 30. But yeah, it just, it did feel like an actual show. Which was, and I, I wonder if that has stemmed from the fact that we now are getting Mania across two nights. So they've mm -hmm. got to start building more matches to fill up both yeah. of those nights. Yeah, it is too big for one night. Um, so, yeah, and I agree. I think, I think this is the best empty reader show they've done. And it had a lot more wrestling than on Raw, which was, you know, the four minutes of wrestling. Mm -hmm. We had a lot more than that. We had some good matches. We had yeah. some stuff that I was emotionally invested in. Uh, it was just that this segment in particular was just a bad segment. It wasn't indicative of empty arena show as being bad. It was just this is a bad feud and a bad segment, um, which is a shame because it might main event the show. On well, one it'll of the main, yeah, it'll certainly main event one night. And if I, to yeah. honest, if I was a betting man, it would have main evented WrestleMania. Like if WrestleMania hadn't had to be split across two nights with no fans, it 100% would have been the main event. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I couldn't see it not main eventing even above McIntyre and Lesmo because that, that feels like uh, not as much of a big deal in WWE's eyes, which is a shame yeah. because it is a much bigger deal <laughs> than yeah, Goldberg yeah, and Reigns. It's just them going like, it's Goldberg, it's Roman Reigns, it's our two favorite people. And everyone goes, mm. it's and, the marquee yeah, match. Good. 
Yeah, it's absolutely the marquee match. It's yeah. it's it's got more marquee value than um, Cena Wyatt. It's got more marquee value than Wyatt Roman. It's mm-hmm. just you know it is it's the it's their current top guy versus the top guy from twenty years ago, and they're going to collide in the ring over the biggest title on SmackDown. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 so, I totally get why WWE have done it. Yeah. Um, I just feel like there was a much better way to get there. Absolutely, yeah, and I think. Um... There's a very interesting thing from uh, Matt Hardy's episode on Talk is Jericho um, when uh, he and Jericho are talking about how they wanted to elevate younger talent and Hardy was pitching this idea of the broken block, which was he'd take underutilized guys and do a promo with them and uh, try and get them over in that way. And Jericho was saying how he pitched a quite similar idea. He pitched Jericho's Junction, which would eventually become the highlight reel where he'd take younger guys out, do interviews, do promos with them, try and get them over with their charisma in the ring and things like that. And Jericho was saying, oh, I really want to take some underutilized guys. And Vince goes, oh, yeah, I love it. Your first guest is going to be Goldberg. <laughs> it's it's so Vince to just be like, oh, yeah, this is an opportunity to get over the people we want to push. And I feel like that is indicative of this feud. It's just like, well, I love this guy, which means everyone loves this guy. It's Goldberg. And it just doesn't connect with anyone because no one really cares like Vince does. It's just yeah. him really liking Goldberg. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But uh, now we have to say thank you to some very special people. And those are our $25 and above pledge hammers on Patreon. Uh, If you haven't visited Russell Talk's Patreon yet, 
Why not? It's great. You get loads of bonus content. There's access to all the Patreon podcasts. We're going to be releasing one every Monday now, I believe, the Rest Talk Extra uh, podcast. But you have access to the whole feed uh, if you become a Patreon player channel, which is great. Uh, yeah, and it's like there's 30, there's nearly 40 shows, I think, that you can mm. get hold of. And it is like a lot of like ranging this stuff from 97, this stuff from 2000, this stuff from 2014, this stuff from like the middle. We've covered shows from New Japan, TNA, ECW, WCW. Oh. There's a really wide range of uh, pay-per-views to dive into that me and Ollie have been doing for the last, you know, three and a bit years. Yeah. And one of them has me on it. Super That's weird. Right. Yeah. You did um, uh, ECW One Night Stand, uh, the second one, which you yeah. did not enjoy. <laughs> no. Really don't like hardcore wrestling where people just beat each other up and bleed for no reason. Uh, anyway, yes. There's lots of cool extra content in these times for you to listen to if you're interested. And if you pledge at the $25 and above tier, you get a cool custom wrestling name and it gets read out on a show like this. So thank you to Butter Me Up, Soren Nord. Woo! And you get a cheap pop as well. Well done. How do you like them apples? Marcel Jura. Oh, it's still one of my favorites. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Dennis the D. John Mustard. Nice. Now, this is my favorite one. Big <laughs> Trouble in Tyson Little China. Hey! Genius. Thank you. Uh, Forsaken Angel, Corey Cobain. Thank oh, you very cool much. Stuff. Corin McLeaner than Finn Balor. He's lame. Thank you very much. The Great Wall of Geordie Westside. Lovely nice. stuff. Thank you. The Machine Gun, Gregory Anderson. Woo, yes, thank you. The Hitch Hiker, Micah Daniel. Yeah, oh. Thank you. And lastly, Send Me to Heaven, Evan Reich. Hey, thank nice. you very much, everyone. we review the show as a whole let's um, do yes although i will say i know we just said we don't want to start off on too much of a negative note <laughs> i did not like this opening segment <laughs> nor did i because because <laughs> it's the cronk i want to make this very clear because i know there are people who think i'm an anti-wwe guy apart from someone in yesterday's video who thought who thinks i'm nothing but a wwe mark so i just can't win of course but yeah I thought this show was fine, but this opening segment sucked a big bag of dicks. I did not like this segment at all. No, it was, like you said, a whole big bag of dicks. Um, it started off with Michael Cole saying that WrestleMania's too big for one night, which is the... Th it was literally a tagline that came up on the screen when he was doing it. Too yeah, big yeah. for one night, WrestleMania. It's like ultimate thrill ride, show of shows, too big for one night. It's one of their taglines now. I like um, the tagline, man. I like his attack line. It's too big for one night. It's good. I like it. <laughs> also, too big for one night. Tightly sex tape. Uh, <laughs> it came out and they announced that the Gronk is going to be uh, the host of WrestleMania. And he announced on his Twitter that WrestleMania is too big for one night. And then he there was a huge video package for Gronk and his achievements in NFL and as a Fox Sports analyst. And then he came out. Uh, sorry, Mojo Rawley was there because he's his buddy, I guess. Uh, and he said he was going to introduce Gronk for the first time ever. It's the Gronk. What do you mean the first time ever? He's been at WrestleMania 33. What are you talking about, Mojo? 
yeah, and Mojo is just back as his hype character now. Sorry. Like they've just dropped all that pretenses. I guess he's also a SmackDown guy now. Brand split, LOL. Yeah. So I I don't watch American football. No, I, meaning uh, I I don't know who or what a Gronk is, but he's a knob. Like he just <laughs> came out and was just like he came out and he danced like an absolute tool. And he gets the ring, and him and Mojo acted like complete tools. They are so unlikable. They made me cheer Baron Corbin. Like they, <laughs> they made me like Baron. They made me not like Elias because they're associated with him. Yeah. They are the un. Maybe it's just because I'm, you know, in my mid thirties now. But they are an unwatchable pair of douchebags. I do not like them. Not at all. Uh... Yeah, and as part of the video package for Gronk, they were like, "Oh, he's a he's a fun party boy kind of thing. He he loves to have fun, etc." And show him, you know, drinking loads of beer and stuff because he's a lad, lad, lad. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think that's right for someone who's gonna, you know, go on to host WrestleMania. If that's like a wrestling gimmick as an unlikable douchebag, cool. Not like your most popular guy that you want to bring in as a WrestleMania guest host. I I don't. Like you said, I don't get it. They they were very unlikable. Uh, yeah, they are presenting him as like he is the ultimate babyface. You know, hey, cheer yeah. this guy. And I, you know, maybe maybe I'm out of touch here. Maybe I'm Seymour Skinner being like, no, it's the Americans that are wrong. Like yeah. maybe like uh, the American football fans love this guy because he is this big party dude. But I thought he was woefully unlikable. And I, uh, yeah. I do not want. I'm, I'm glad he's on the show. You review that I don't have to watch a lot. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. Really appreciate <laughs> it. If <laughs> his segments in recaps. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of Gronk hosting, and I get that he's like a, a big figure in American pop culture and sport and things like that. And I think probably people like him more. I'm assuming here. Uh, I think people had like him probably more because he had to retire early. He retired last year, I believe, in March, and he was like 29 right. when he retired or something like that, like super young. So yeah, maybe he, he can get away with this sort of behavior because everyone's like, oh, it's fine. It's Gronk. We like him. Um, but yeah, we don't. When, when, when we've not been exposed to his whole career, we don't. So yeah, it's, yeah. Bit, it's very American though. But anyway, yeah, as yeah. you said, Baron Corbin came out, interrupted and just be like, hey, you're new here. You need to bow down to the king, etc." Which is very similar to Charlotte's gimmick, um, and uh, and, and then and Triple H's, yeah. Um, and then Elias comes out, who's been pestering Corbin for the last couple of weeks. Uh, he comes out and he says, "You know, I've been doing this song, trying to do this song for you for the last couple of weeks, and it's just a song about how Gronk is amazing and Corbin is bad, etc." Uh, and Gronk and Mojo are laughing it up and being, like you said unlikable douchebags in the ring while Elias is playing this song and Gorman goes, oh, you think that's funny? But I don't like you. And he takes off his coat and his crown and stuff. And then Elias gets in and just throws him out of the ring and, and that's that. And then they, they start... Well, before that, uh, Mojo gets down onto all fours. And so oh God, I forgot about that. Like they're eight years oh. old. It, which really, again, does not... It does not mean... <laughs> It does not endear them to me. Um, yeah. I, it, maybe it's just me, but I, I was not a fan of this segment. I was not a fan of these people. Like, I I hated the hype Mojo Rawley character in NXT. Mm -hmm. I hated that character. And I hated the hype bros. 
and now the hype bros are back but instead of Zack Ryder it's the Gronk <laughs> who at least I liked Zack Ryder and I just felt bad yeah. for him being saddled with this hype nonsense but yeah it's it's the it's the dark sided hype bros. <laughs> it's, totally. the worst, it's the worst version of them. We now we've now say. got two of them. Hype bros on the on the dark timeline. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they they push over Corbin. Elias gets in, throws Corbin out the ring, and just goes. And Gronk says, "You two should have a match at WrestleMania." Go, okay. So now it's Corbin versus Elias at Mania. Yeah, which really does feel like the show of shows. Uh, yeah, Gronk totally. says, "I can't make matches for WrestleMania," and then essentially made a match for WrestleMania. <laughs> okay so this is spoilers for a future segment gronk makes a match here page makes a match later or speaks to someone at fox who also doesn't have yeah. authority to make matches yes yeah, so i think what she said was i i can't make well i know that she said i can't make matches but she said i was i asked if i could announce this match so yes. clearly there is some authority figure that has made the match and she asked if she could announce it which i feel works yes. more than just like i can't make a match but you two are having a match. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that page segment earlier because I did not understand what was going on with that. But yes, Elias versus Corbin confirmed for WrestleMania. Great. Can't wait to watch it. Um, Oof, pre show running up, all over it. Up next, though, <sighs> was great. the tag team I did not know I needed until now. It's Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. Good God, this feud has been so good from start to finish. It's been a great story with Daniel Bryan having holes in his game and Drew Gulak coaching other people into trying to expose these flaws in Daniel Bryan's game. And then they had their match at Elimination Chamber and Drew Gulak did really well. And Bryan was like, oh God, I do have holes in my game. You're mm -hmm. right. And then he approached him last week on SmackDown, which we've got a video recap of as well, of him saying, hey, man, you you were right. You, I do have holes in my game. Do you still want to teach? Because I'm willing to listen now. And now Sami Zayn's got involved and said, why are you taking tips from him and not me? I'm the Intercontinental Champion. I'm great, which is great for Sami Zayn as a character. It's great for Drew Gulak getting tons of exposure and looking like a really good wrestling mind. And it's good for Daniel Bryan, who's like, who as a baby face could accept, hey, I'm not as great as I thought I was please coach me on the things that I need. These two came out this week. Last week, they came out and there was a little bit of goofiness when they came out and they were like, oh, I don't want to do the yes chance. There's no fans. And then Gulag was like, you should do the yes chance. And they were like, okay, yes, yes, yes. That's cool. Little bit of goofiness. This week, that got ramped up to 11 and I love it and I'm here for it. They both come out as likable rather than what Gronk and Mojo were doing, which was unlikable. These are Two goofs goofing around, but being good doing it and being likable while doing it. They come out doing yes, yes, yes to the crowd and they go nuts. But as it cuts into an ad break, Brian's on the turnbuckle, Gulak's on the apron, just doing yes insistently. And it was it was fun. It's fun yeah. to watch. And I really like seeing these two together. They have such great chemistry and they work so well together. I love this tag team. I, I love this tag team note. so much. The exact same note, dude. I've written, oh, this is a fun team. Like they are really, really good together. And then you had Sam and uh, so, so they were taking on Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. So you had Sami Zayn on commentary with Cole. And Sammy was brilliant throughout this, you know, oh, really putting so over Cesaro and Nakamura being like you know, how stupid and Brian and Gulak are. And I I've written I've written here, this feels like an actual match coming out of the ad break. Like mm. this wasn't like we, you know, we saw the evidence of it last week where the the women's tag match they did with Lexa and uh, Cross versus Bailey and Banks, where as soon as they went to ad break, they just stopped wrestling. Yeah. 
the international broadcast showed that they literally just stopped resting and then just went back to it five seconds before they went back on on air. This felt like, you know, and I don't want to make the comparison, but like AEW, I, well, Dynamite on Wednesday, where it's just like, do you know what? Let's just go out and have a match. You know, if it goes to ad break, just carry on. And we'll just treat this like it's the same match we would have done with fans here. Mm-hmm. And it was so much better because of it. It was really, yeah. really good. Cesaro, man, is so, so great. When Gulak gets the hot tag and runs wild and Cesaro gives him that pop-up uppercut. Oh, man, it was amazing. Really shuts him down. Then Brian gets the tag and him and Gulak work together to roll Cesaro up for the win. It was so good. And you had Sami Zayn freaking out on commentary saying that the ref made a bad call. He wasn't actually tagged in. I thought this was awesome. Really, really, really enjoyed this. It's a brilliant segment. Really enjoyed the match. Really enjoyed Sammy on commentary. I had a moment like halfway through the match and I was like, oh my God, there's so much talent in this ring. Yeah. With Cesaro, Nakamura, Brian and Gulak. I was like, oh my God, this is like, this is like someone's fever dream match that we're just getting on SmackDown. Yeah. And it was, it was fantastic. I said last week that Cesaro and Brian was like amazing because how could you have a bad match with Cesaro and Brian working together? Same for this match. How could you have a bad match when it when it's this four in the these four people wrestling in the ring? It was amazing, and like you said, the the working together to roll up Cesaro, and it felt like the way the the roll up happened as well. It felt like it was like uh, them being really good wrestlers and technical maneuvers rather than like oh fluke victory. But and yeah. Sami Zayn was like was putting that over on commentary. He was like, "Oh, why's he got the arm? Why's he got the arm? What's he doing? What's he doing?" And he rolled in and and did like this like sunset roll up essentially, uh, and then and then got the win off it. It didn't feel cheap and undeserved like a lot of roll up victories can. Um, but it plays into the story of of last week as well because Brian got the roll up victory on Cesaro there too. And then we had a backstage segment afterwards where Sami has a sort of legitimate justification of being like, "You fluked a win because it was a roll up." it's i don't know how they've managed to do it somehow it's a cheap victory and not a cheap victory at the same time and it it's great i loved i love this yeah sammy said it was a mediocre win you know Mm. and it's uh, brian challenged zane to an ic championship match at mania and zane said well if gulak can somehow beat shinsuke nakamura next week then we'll have that match at wrestlemania Mm. now i was do you know what's interesting about this so back at elimination chamber where me and laurie did the live stream um, I, I posed the question, is this Brian elevating Gulak or, you know, or is it really just demoting Daniel Bryan through no fault of his own? It's just the way that Gulak has been presented mm-hmm. um, because, you know, then he was in the ring with like Heath Slater and, you know, all these sorts of jobbers and stuff. But uh, it actually has turned into Brian getting Gulak over. Gulak now feels like he's at Brian's level and the two work so well together as a tag team. And during the show, I was saying, Oh, you know, this this Zayn win over Braun Strowman makes so much sense. Like, it's really, really good because now you're going to get Sammy versus Braun at WrestleMania where Braun can finally get his hands on Sammy. And I actually mm. had a lot of people say like, no, 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 you, it's going to be Sammy versus Brian at WrestleMania. And I was like, what? That literally makes no sense. They're not connected. But here we are. Like, you know, I mm-hmm. was totally wrong on that. I don't know why they dropped the Braun thing. Like, I don't know. Like, it feels very weird that that's not been continued. But you know what? I don't mind because we're going to get Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. And that's a big old thumbs up from me. And I love this tag team. And I like that tand- the, the tandem of Cesaro, Shinsuke and Sami. So yeah. it's a big old thumbs up from me. I love it. Exactly. I thought at one point in this backstage segment as well, Sami Zayn was going to say, if you believe in Gulag so much, 
I'll have the Intercontinental Championship match against Gulak. And mm. then, it, and when he said against Brian, I was like, oh, it's not Gulak. And then I was like, wait, it's Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was like let down, surprise, excitement straight afterwards as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't see how you can have any sort of bad matches or feuds coming out of these five people interacting because they're all amazing and I love them. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah, this great. great segment, Gulak's a great baby face been elevated so much really excited for any sort of matches that come out of this excited for gulak and and nakamura next week excited for brian and zane probably at wrestlemania i'm well on board well um, on board for it. uh something I'm, I'm less on board with though is Paige being there via satellite um that, <laughs> yeah, she was that, there via Skype. <laughs> yeah uh because she, she was supposed to appear last week to confront bailey uh and then they just said on the show on the show oh, she said travel issues and that was it. Mm. Um, and then this week they said, Paige is going to be here, guys. It's great. It's like the third or fourth time now they've really advertised someone is going to be on the show and it's just been via satellite. And I don't like it because it's not the same thing. And I know there's no fans in attendance, so it's not like the fans have been cheapened by not seeing their favorite person like other times with Hogan and others. Goldberg that was <laughs> there, but via satellite. I still don't like it when they advertise people to be on the show and it's via satellite. It's not the same thing. Um, but uh, P- Paige comes in to confront Bailey and she doesn't even get a, barely a word out before Bailey and Banks come out to the ring and just be like, hey, don't worry, we've got it here. Uh, and they run down Paige and just be like, oh, if you've got a problem with us, why don't you come and wrestle us? Oh, wait, you can't. Ha 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 ha, you're injured, uh, which is pretty mean. Um, but uh, Paige calls them bullies. And says she's, yeah, like we said earlier, spoken to her friends at Fox and gets to announce the match at WrestleMania. She hasn't made the match, but she gets to announce it. But then it feels like she's making up the match on the fly, which That's is a, it, yeah. it's weird. It was a weird, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's It was a weird uh, interchange of, of what she said before and what she's doing. The actions don't meet the words. There's a word I'm looking for and I can't find it. I, I'm not sure what it is, man. These are strange no. signs. But um, yeah. someone will tell us in the comments, which I'll be very glad of. Totally. Um, but yeah, so because she announces like it's going to be Bailey versus Lacey Evans, and Bailey is like, "I've already mm. beaten her," and she's like, mm. oh, "Okay, well, how about we make it Bailey versus Lacey Evans versus Dana Brooke?" And Bailey's like, "Well, I mean, why not throw Tamina in there?" And is like, she even okay. still employed? It's like, "Okay, Tamina's in there," and then you know we'll also add Naomi. And then Banks gets involved and says, "Like, you can't do this match." She goes, "Well, there's actually another person in this match, and it's you." And I really mm-hmm. liked, like, so I I liked this segment because of Bailey and Banks. And the, the some of the content in there didn't quite work, but mm-hmm. I really liked Bailey and Banks, particularly Sasha Banks. I thought her reaction to being put into the match was great because she was, like, affronted for Bailey because her friend is being put into this situation. The second she got added into it, it was like, oh, actually, that's a great idea. Because, you know, she looks at the title, she smiles, Bailey walks away all grumpy and Smash just standing in the ring being like, now's my chance now's my mm-hmm. chance to win the belt so i actually thought overall the segment worked um i have no idea what tamina's done to earn a title shot but you know whatever i guess it hasn't even been on smackdown i think that was probably supposed to be carmella and i think she's in quarantine with graves right now or something like that oh right okay. so she can't that's what i'd assume just because carmella's been on smackdown quite a lot she's been quite a featured person she was having smackdown uh you know women's championship matches and things like that so i'd be surprised if they didn't want to include her in this match i don't know why they wouldn't just make it a five-way and not yeah. have tamina but you know whatever um Six-pack challenge 
Yeah, six match challenge. They got to get that branding over. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I didn't think this segment worked until it got to the the Bailey Bank stuff, and then I, I really enjoyed it from there. And something that I completely missed a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown that you know commenters told me and Datsun told me was uh, that in a backstage segment with uh, Banks and Bailey, Bailey was just saying, "We're great. We're awesome. We've beaten everyone. We're the best. Let's go do this thing." And Banks was just looking at the title the whole time. And she said, you know, I'm going to do this for you. And she pointed at the title rather than at Bailey. And it's little things like that. I completely missed it at the time because I was, you know, oblivious, apparently. (laughs) But this has been teased for quite quite some time and it's like it's a little breakup of the the act it's some dissension potentially between them i don't know if i want to see a bailey banks feud again but i'm excited to see the the interplay between them at wrestlemania as it is so yeah, yeah. i'm kind of on board for it a little bit because you know their match they had a takeover brooklyn one was like it's one of the oh, greatest so matches good. in in yeah. wwe history and the the you know, purely for the emotion that was there and i think doing that with the roles reversed you know, five years later or however many years later, I actually think that would be quite cool. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm all in for it to be honest. I'm, I really am. And you know, the the whole the best friend looks at the title longingly is tried and tested, man, and it always works. And I'm, I'm yeah. you know, I'm really happy for it. And it's, I kind of wish it was just the two of them having a singles match at Mania rather than doing it as a six pack challenge. But you know, here's where we are, and you know, it's fine because it kind of extends out the storyline. Maybe you can build it through to SummerSlam. Yeah, so you know, I'm all for that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I am on board at the end of the day, so that's what it was for. Uh, we then got a recap of Cena and the Fiend making their match for WrestleMania, and then they showed Cena versus Bray Wyatt from WrestleMania 30 in full, featuring AEW star Brody Lee, um, yeah. which I thought was quite convenient timing. Uh, just yeah. after he made his dynamite debut, um, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch this because I've already seen it. I did oh, right. it, but you know for a second then i thought you said you hadn't seen it before and i was like no, no yeah. you're not. Um, <laughs> um yeah we're gonna release this actually so ollie and i uh for our, the patreon podcast reviewed wrestlemania 30 last year i think we did it mm-hmm. um so we're gonna release that on monday we're like every monday mm. for, for you know for the time being we're going to be releasing uh isolation bonuses which are sort of podcasts from the three odd years we've been doing uh, mm-hmm. Wrestle, uh, the Wrestle Talk Extra podcast reviewing old pay per views. So yeah, so we're going to release that on Monday. I thought it was quite timely given uh, this match. So yeah, if Absolutely. you want to hear Ollie and I talk about that in depth uh, and talk about how bad it was for the uh, for Wyatt's career following, um, yeah, check that out. Uh, subscribe to the Wrestle Talk podcast. Um, mm-hmm. What is funny though is that you know we essentially they're asking us to rewatch this match, but they're now pretending that it was a good thing that Cena beat him at Mania because it's Cena beating him at Mania created the fiend like they Mm -hmm. they have rewritten the storyline as fans we know that's not the case we know that's complete balderdash but in the sort of kayfabe world i don't mind it you know i don't mind that they're kind of using it as a way to 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 explain why we're having this match again Mm um so i I, honestly i don't mind that too much um and i just wish it was for the title i just wish fiend was still the, the champion and it was seen again for his 17th world title and it was and it's you know the fiend trying to get his redemption without it it doesn't feel quite as heated but i am still kind of in for it i'm I'm actually really i'm really curious to see the match also because i do think scene is going to win yeah i mean it's it's i'm I'm not betting on the fiend i'm not betting on the fiend anymore i've been burnt too many times i'm not betting on the bloody fiend anymore i mean I, I thought it was a good, uh, it was a great choice to show this match 
because it does have that context of, especially with the Fiends promo uh, last week or the week before, whenever it was, when he was saying that literally this match was the start of the downward spiral of Bray Wyatt, which is actually true. It was it was that loss at WrestleMania that started the descent of Bray Wyatt, and when everyone started going, oh, he talks a lot and never wins, uh, and it all started with that loss from Cena because that that I don't think people realize it at the time. I think you guys mentioned it in your WrestleMania Thirty review that you can listen to on the Wrestle Talk podcast from Monday. That one uh, that you mentioned that like the build to that match was perfect. It yeah, was, it was really such a perfect. brilliant feud, and it was just the wrong person won. Yeah, but simply really because won. of that fact because of that fact that the wrong person won, that began the descent of Bray Wyatt. And that's when he started becoming this character that was too rambly and talked and never won. And this whole thing that led in, that kind of indirectly created The Fiend. That was, well, yeah. what he's, he's back referencing all this stuff from that downward spiral that started with the Cena win at Mania. So I think it's, it's a half truth. I think that they're trying to tell us it's it's yeah. not like he won, therefore fiend. It was like he won, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this. This was the starting point of the downward spiral of Bray Wyatt. Yeah, um, Wyatt has taken a bad booking decision and turned it into a storyline. Correct. And you know what? And 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 I'm all for that. And I think yeah. that is actually a pretty smart thing to do. I think those who have got a bit of bit of smarts about them know that it's nonsense. But I, you know, as a fan, I don't mind too much. Uh, yeah. I actually think it's, it's a smart way to do it. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm really really curious to see that match. Really am. I'm. I it's probably my most anticipated match on the card. I think. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that and probably McIntyre Lesnar, but I think McIntyre Lesnar is more just fear that McIntyre won't win. <laughs> I think he's so. Winning. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I thought the Fiend was winning, but now you've said Cena, so you know. Mm. Um. Uh. Weird thing for this one. Miz and Morrison come out. Oh, we just before we we had a oh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross backstage. Oh, uh, oh, oh no, I, I was getting there. Just oh right, a, a okay. Weird pacing of this. Miz and Morrison come out. They got to an ad break. My guess at this time, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. I was like, Miz and Morrison are waiting in the ring. What are you doing? Weird pacing. Didn't get it. Um, but yes, backstage promo with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss saying that uh, Alexa was saying ASCII came out and cost me the match last week. They showed video recap of it. Uh, Alexa saying, you cost me a match last week. You've been skirting in the shadows and all that stuff. Uh, Alexa versus Asuka next week on SmackDown, and you can come through the front door this time. Mm. Um, I'm actually quite looking forward to that match. I think it'll be really yeah. fun. Brand split, LOL. Yeah. I Brand think split, it's, uh, LOL. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll likely get those that that sort of tag match uh, mania rather than the triple mm -hmm. threat tag match that was originally planned with the Divas of Doom. I think we're just going to just ignore that element of it and just focus on this, which I think is actually the right thing to do. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I think Brand Split LOL doesn't quite apply for the women's tag titles just because they do float between brands anyway, supposedly. Yeah. I was going to say supposedly because they haven't yeah. for the past year or so. Yeah, no. I mean, they haven't really been looked at for the past year or so. So, you know. True, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, Alexa versus Asuka this week. I'm looking forward to it. Then we got this whole thing from start to finish was definitely my favorite thing on the show uh, because we got a dirt sheet with Miz and Morrison where they came out and did the full dirt sheet intro two men have risen above etc um i thought morrison was hilarious uh just generally because i always loved especially from the dirt sheet back in the day which i've watched retroactively because i wasn't watching wrestling at the time when it first aired i went back and watched like every dirt sheet episode because i thought it was great um yeah, there was um, uh, a great line for Morrison at the start when he just goes, Hi, I'm John Morrison, and this week I've learned to whip and nay-nay, which I thought was just 
it's just a funny line i love morrison so much i think he's great um but uh they talk about how they don't have any uh, challenges for the tag team championships at wrestlemania because they've already beaten everyone they won in elimination chamber which is a legitimate claim um and it cuts to obviously there's no one in the crowd this is like who should be our our challengers speak up now etc um and it cuts to themselves dressed up in the crowd as a unicorn and i guess biggie with a horn on sure uh and they cut a new diet new day style promo on themselves and then it cuts back to them and then it's the usos that are there and they cut except it's not the usos it's miz and morrison again dressed up as the usos and morrison cutting a an uso style promo with miz just going yeah oh in the background i thought was great and then it cuts to themselves again dressed up as bacon and they cut a heavy machinery style promo I thought this was hilarious. And then, yeah, it, it cuts back to, to them in the ring being like, huh, that was weird. I didn't know there were going to be fans here tonight. Th those really good looking fans. I, I thought there were so many funny lines in this and the impressions of them doing the promos I thought was spot on. I thought this was this was hilarious. I loved it. You liked it more than I did. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I thought it was... I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of Miz and Morrison. It, mm. It's... And it's, it's, it's just not my comedy. Um, I thought them dressing up as bacon was funny. Uh, but what I did like about this segment was using the fact that it is a no fans thing to mess with the format a little bit. Like mm -hmm. them them not having to you know conform to live television rules meant they could have things where they're dressed up as New Day and dressed up as Usos and dressed up as Heavy Machinery. That I actually thought was, like, was really fun, really inventive, and I really liked. I didn't laugh. But you know that's just that's just personal preference. Yeah, but I thought the segment itself was actually quite clever. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed. It. Like you said, it was very clever. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was very funny, uh, and it led to a match between Miz and Morrison and Heavy Machinery, who came out. Um, and they were saying, you know, if Heavy Machinery win here, could be in with a shot at WrestleMania tag title match at WrestleMania. That would be really cool. Uh, they came out for a match. I really enjoyed the match itself as well. I thought it was great. It was really fun. Uh, just as Otis is about to get the hot tag, Dolph Ziggler comes out, uh, and Otis is like, not Dolph Ziggler, uh, gets distracted for a bit, misses the hot tag, cuts from an outbreak, Ziggler's on commentary, uh, and as they come back, they're starting to get into it again, and just as Otis is setting up for a double caterpillar, Ziggler hops up from commentary and says, hey, man, I want to show you some photos of me and Mandy, lol, I'm great, you're not, etc., uh and otis is just looking at the pictures and kind of lost in thought for a little bit and then he just goes ballistic and we've never seen this side of otis before and i am so here for it he destroys miz and morrison and the whole time i was like oh he's getting distracted he's gonna lose the match because of the photos on the screen sure 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 whatever we've seen it distraction otis loses but as soon as he got like rolled into the ring he immediately double clotheslines miz and morrison out the ring he throws him into the ring post throws him into the table grabs one of them and is screaming in his face and he goes to get a chair and tucker's like dude no don't don't hit him with a chair you're gonna lose the match and he's like too late bonk and just starts destroying him with a chair i was like this is amazing this i love this side of otis and i love the story and i just want otis to murder ziggler i'm so into this story i'm so into this feud i loved it i thought this was a brilliant segment this match this story this segment was perfect absolutely perfect it was yep. so oh man 
just perfectly timed and just like and just perfectly written, perfectly executed. There was nothing. They did not put a foot wrong here. Miz and Morrison were great heels during the match. Ziggler mm-hmm. coming out was a brilliant heel on commentary. Him getting up and distracting Otis with the pictures of Mandy was a brilliantly perfect dick heel move. Otis is acting in the ring where he just starts cr- like just crying because you know, he's heartbroken. And then there's that freak out. And as you say, like you, you could have led to like, oh, he gets distracted by Ziggler. That leads to him getting lost. No. He it makes him fire up even more when he wiped out Miz and Morrison through the barricade. It was brilliant. And shout out to Tucker as well. Tucker just yes. gets it and he's trying to like calm him down. He's like, dude, we need to focus on this. We need to not. And then Oz just hits him with a chair. Tucker's like, oh man, like, you know, we've lost the match. And they put it over on commentary as like Dolph Ziggler's actions and Otis's reaction have cost them a shot of the titles at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So that's also a perfect element to this. And then it closes with Otis crying and his best friend Tucker just hugging him, being like, it's okay, man. It's okay. Oh, I God. thought this was a home run segment. I freaking loved everything about this. I yeah. love Otis' storyline. I did, I think Heavy Machinery are so great in this. I think Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, I mean, Bobby's not here at the moment because he's stuck in Canada, but Dolph's great in this. And actually, so the original plan, according to WrestleVotes, was the six-man tag. They were going to have um, Heavy Machinery and Mandy versus Dolph Ziggler and Sonya Deville. Dolph, but I actually... Dolph and Ziggler. So, uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's a workhorse, man. He will... yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> He'll pull double duty if need be. Uh, Dolph Rude and, and Sonya Deville. Um, but I actually really hope it's a singles match. Mm-hmm. I really hope it's just Dolph versus Otis because I think that will be that will be one of the most heated matches at Mania from in my eyes because I I want to see Otis get his revenge. I want to see his redemption. I want to see him get just beat that little dick up because Ziggler like once Ziggler's done all of his distraction stuff and Otis is freaking out on Miz and Morrison, Dolph's bailed. Dolph's mm-hmm. bailed up the ramp and he's just watching on and his reaction upstage is like, uh oh. Uh oh, I've unleashed something. <laughs> I thought this was, I cannot praise the segment enough. I thought it was, it's brilliant, perfect, brilliant stuff. Everyone's characters is spot on. And it's not just like, oh, I feel bad for Otis. It's like, I feel bad for Tucker as well. Yeah, like, right? Dude, we, we just got to get this tag title match. That's all he wants. But then he's not being a dick about it when Otis loses his cool and starts beating up Miz and Morrison and costs them the match and costs them, you know, a DQ loss. Tucker's like, you know what? I understand. I'm like, Tucker, I love you as well. Like, oh God, it it works on so many different levels. Everyone's characters in the story is perfect. Like you said, home run segment, perfect. Can't praise it enough. It's awesome. Love it. Uh, Absolutely awesome. And there was one bit, I I think it was Miz and Morrison in the match. I just want to give a shout out to this line uh, where they're impersonating. I think it's Otis is on the apron and he goes oh ducky and starts impersonating him and he goes and then one of them just shouts out i can't remember who it was just goes he's feeling yucky and i was like you know what i'll give you that it's great uh (laughs) i love them they're lovable goofballs um we see that next week is going to be new day versus usos with the winners facing miz and morrison at mania Mm -hmm. uh which is cool i don't know whether they're going to do some sort of shenanigans to make that a triple threat or involve someone else at some point i don't know uh, i think Miz and morrison will cost it because like Miz and morrison effectively said like they should take the night off on mania so i mm-hmm. think they'll do that and then it'll get turned into triple threat triple threat totally 
Um, and uh, yeah, and then we got the final segment, which was the contract zone that we that we've spoken about of the WWE universe. Never saw this match coming in a million years. Totally. Um, yeah, and that was the show. Overall, I thought this was a really good empty arena show. Like we said before, the best one they've done so far. Um, as a WrestleMania building show, I thought it was fine. There's some mm-hmm. good stuff in there. I bloody love the Miz and Morrison, Otis, Dolph, whole tag team division shake-up feuds. Great. Loved it. Um, there was some stuff that I'm looking forward to. The Sasha Banks-Bailey stuff I thought was good build. It was solid. Um, I just wish it was more, you know, WrestleMania caliber feuds rather than feuds. Um, yeah. But that said, still really enjoyed the show. Ending was a bit pants. Opening was a bit pants, which really impacts a show. The way it opens and closes are really like impactful segments. And I thought open and close weren't great. I'd probably give this a high three out of five, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I don't know if we are scoring these sort of shows because they are they are hard to score. Yeah, um, but I so. definitely would have given this like three high, high three out of five, if only just for that like Otis, so mm-hmm. the Otis freakout and all the stuff with Dolphin Tucker and and Miz and Morrison. Yeah, I thought it was a really, really, really fun show. And it is the best of the empty arena shows they've done so far. I think they might. I'm hoping that Raw follows suit. I really hope that Raw follows suit. Because if it does, I think they've figured it out. I think they've finally solved the problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to more shows, which is not something I say about WWE all too often. So, you know, thumbs up. So, Luke, uh, yeah. yesterday, uh, hit peeling behind the curtain, I believe Adam already tweeted about it anyway. Uh, as an office, we played a game, didn't we? We did, yeah. Uh, uh, Dobbins and Bobbins. That's there the one. Uh, and I attempted to replicate that game uh, when I met up with my friends last night as well, um, which I, I named, I told them the name, and immediately the name became something else. It was Dobbins and Bobbins. Oh, it's Squiggles and Wiggles. It's something that rhymes. Two yeah. words that rhyme, we'll just put them together. Uh, and that became the name of the game. Uh, but it was hilarious, and it was great, and everyone had fun. So it, it actually worked. It was awesome. Um, yeah, so you have to name ridiculous horse names, because horse names are inherently ridiculous, and you have to name... Uh, make up some fake names of horses and try and guess the real ones out of everyone's fake ones. Um, there were some brilliant names. I, I think probably the favorite one from when we played it on the call was grass consumption device or grass consumption <laughs> machine or something like that. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, a, a brilliant name for our from our editor, Rich. Uh, what a game. What a great really game Adam introduced us to. It was really fun. And I smashed it. Absolutely knocked it out the park. You did. It was <laughs> unfortunate. I think I came last. I had two points. Yeah. I think I it should have won. Yeah, I, I won with 14 points in the end. And I I'm, well, I, I was talking to my wife about this. I think I sort of doubly won because the, whoever, because Adam came second as the games master. Mm. And Adam got points if we didn't guess what the real horse was. So really, he was effectively cheating points. Um, so I, uh, you know, he was getting points for us being bad. And whereas I was just getting points for being good. So, uh, I do think that I doubly won the game because I had, because yeah. I had 14 points. He had 13. And I think the second closest to me was six. So, so yeah. I, you know, just, I'm just putting it out there. I totally smashed it, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, smashed it with my, my deep cut references. Everyone thought that, um, Minya 
um, was a horse name when it is in fact the son of Godzilla because when written down it looks like Manila and does sound like a horse name. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I, was really, I was really proud of my horse names and yeah. no one picked them. <laughs> it was so unfortunate. Everyone did so well with coming up with fake horse names that I, I couldn't even I couldn't even match it. It was so apart from Ollie who at one point wrote Alf Ramsey's Sex Dungeon. <laughs> Alf Ramsey's Porn Dungeon, I oh, believe sorry. it was. My yeah. apologies. It was brilliant, yeah. Uh, in fact, he, he did his suggestions to Adam, and Adam said, no, these are too sexual. <laughs> Do some more. Uh, which, which I think is very Ollie. Um, yeah. No, we, had some, we had some fantastic suggestions, uh, both in the, the, the work game and among my friends as well. I can't think of any off the top of my head now that I think about it, though. But they were great. You just have to take my word for it. They were great. I still think one of my favorites, though, is one that uh, Michelle suggested to me, which I used in the work game, which was uh, Cindy with an S. And I the, love that. And the first Cindy is spelled C-I-N-D-Y, and the full name is Cindy with an S. Oh, it's it's a brilliant name. I'm, ve- I'm very, very good. Very proud of her for that. Yeah, um, very good. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the working from home uh, situation. I mean, I'm not a fan. I'd I'd rather be in the office. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really just trying to regiment my day properly and make sure I do things like you know I'm working in a different room than where I sleep. I have to make sure I get up from the desk every so often and walk around the flat because if I don't, I'm going to drive myself insane. Uh, but there's little things like that I'm not normally privy to. Like during the week, we've got a uh, construction work that's happening like mm-hmm. pretty much immediately outside my flat. It goes, here's the flat. Here's a little bit of ground construction work, like really, really close by, which they work from 8 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. So normally I don't really ever hear them and it's only Monday to Friday. So I don't really hear them bar, bar Mondays, but trying to work... <laughs> with the construction work near me is really frustrating especially when it gets hot in here and i need to open up the balcony to get some fresh air in it's like oh even louder great right Um, yeah uh so it's been it's taken some getting used to to work Mm -hmm. from home and i don't like the fact that i'm not around you guys in the office and we don't (laughs) get to chat about things but you know needs must needs must indeed it'll be like this for the next few weeks um at the very least at least yeah yeah absolutely have you have you found it Uh, i've been okay i mean i'm quite i'm I'm pretty good at being self-disciplined when i'm at work i'm working from Mm. home you know i will get up i will have breakfast i will have a shower and i'll get dressed and i will you know do work in regular clothes as opposed to just sitting around in my pajamas all day Mm. um i was talking about this on yesterday's podcast but me and my wife are going to get into a a regiment now where we're going to get up and we're going to do some yoga in the morning and have breakfast together and then I'll get in and I'll start doing my work. But I'm kind of in a very fortunate position that, you know, we've got a two bed flat. So mm. my office really is an office. I've got my mm. setup here. I've got my laptop. I've got the Mac and I've got my second screen and my microphone and everything. And when I just need to walk away from it, I can just shut the door and I can just leave it. I can just walk away from everything. So, yeah. I, you know, me and my wife can sit down. We can have lunch together in the living room. And that's fine because I don't then have like my laptop near me, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, teasing me with work possibilities. Yeah. I'm, able to, I'm able to walk away from it for a good hour. So that's good. But yeah, yeah. I do need to, I need to get up and just be a bit more active and things. So I'm not just sitting here all day. And 
I'm I'm glad that we're doing Ollie's quote enforced fun, which is where we are playing the games over Google Hangouts. Yeah, which I, I think is great for morale yep. and also to keep us as an office because I, yep. I think it, there's there could be a chance if we didn't do that that we'd kind of just be like, oh, we're just some guys that work together rather than you know friends who work together. Exactly. Totally. Which I think is much better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just very excited for this to all blow over, so we can go back <laughs> to working in the office because I don't want to be here anymore. Um, yeah, it it gets really hot in my flat as well. Like just generally, which is a very nice thing during the winter. I don't think we actually ever had to use the heating, which mm. is mental. Um, but yeah, it gets really hot in here. So then we have to open it up all the time, and then there's just all the construction sounds and the noisiness from everyone else that gets in. It's that's some world problem coming in right now. <laughs> I, I don't like it when the world has a pandemic, so I have to hear construction sounds. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that that that's some world problems. It's probably my favourite segment I've ever done on a podcast. It's really it's good, man. So funny, especially when people really get it and they email in their own that's some world problems. It's genuine favourite thing. So please. <laughs> Please send more. I want more Tats and World Problems. Send them in. Pete at WrestleTalk.com. Pretty we please. need them now more than oh, ever. Absolutely, yeah. It's fun to poke, poke fun at the trivial stuff. Um, Yeah. I don't really have anything else to say because I'm very hungover. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I've, I've still got to get images for Ollie's Smackdown review and I've got to oh, edit dude, out this dude. podcast. So, um, yeah, we may have to go, man. Yeah. So that's all the time we've got for this episode of the SmackDown WrestleTalk podcast. We'll be back. Well, we've got the extra podcast coming out, the WrestleTalk extra podcast that's going to be a regular podcast coming out on Monday. Uh, if you guys want to hear WrestleMania 30, Ollie and Luke deep dive into that because um, we're going to be releasing them into the podcast feed as special bonus things, which we spoke about in the main review. Um, yeah, and then we'll be back on Tuesday with Raw um, and probably AEW but not NXT, probably, because it might just be more video packages and stuff. We don't yeah. know. Um, but uh, yeah, we're going to keep as much of a regular schedule as we can, plus extra bonus content, etc. cetera. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, I love you all. Goodbye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 